Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Rob Satter doing a fabulous job, and we have a superlative co-host in every way. Uh, coming in tomorrow, Mr. Ben Reichley. But <laughs> today, oh, sorry. Today, <laughs> it is Mr. Joe McGranahan. You know, they should have changed the intro to put the word intrepid in front of our names. What? Because we're here. <laughs> well, yeah, we made it. How was your road conditions coming up? Not ideal, as you would say. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk more about uh, the big blizzard uh, shortly. Uh, we have asked for and received uh, another opportunity to talk to State Senator John Gordon. We're so glad that he's made himself uh, extra, extra available, although he's never turned us down. We just don't bother him very often in previous years. Uh, John Gordon is on the line, State Senator in the 27th District, uh, Senate Majority Whip in Harrisburg, which puts him probably third or fourth in command in the whole state. Would If there were a hiker, hierarchy of authority, a whip is what Fourth in command, uh, Senator? Second, isn't it? Uh, in the Senate, it's uh, third. third. Third, okay, fabulous. Yeah. Okay, well, good for you. And you got reelected to that, so the appointments came back around. You must have been doing a satisfactory job because you got that uh, job back. And you're still able to exert some independence from time to time. So it didn't turn into, uh, uh, I don't know, sometimes you think maybe if you get into leadership, then you have to be in lockstep with everything else uh, those uh, people are doing, but uh, you still are able to speak independently. So we appreciate that. All right. Uh, well, welcome aboard. Uh, first of all, snowstorm. How are you making out in Berwick, PA, with all 18 inches on the ground up there? Uh, no, I took the yardstick out uh, this morning in our driveway, and we have about 10, 11 inches uh, here in Berwick, so it's manageable. Oh, well, that's a disappointment. We measure 15 here, <laughs> but some of it's panked down. It's a disappointment that John only has 10 inches of snow to deal well, with. Well, if you get a storm <laughs> that forecasts two feet, you should get it so that you can get it in the record book and right. get your little asterisk <laughs> there. So, Okay, well, let's talk about the COVID-19 restrictions that have been imposed by the governor. You, have, If there's anything that has been a vexing issue for you while in office, it would have to be this. Uh, your reaction and then uh, the battle to, to try to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. I think the biggest complaint, again, is the timing. Uh, the announcement was made uh, basically, uh, I think there was less than 36 hours before uh, uh, restaurants especially had to close down. Um, you know, Kurt Mosser is just the perfect example. He's a legislator as well as a restaurant owner. Uh, they place orders for the weekend, uh, certainly more than 36 hours ahead of time. So. Uh, other restaurant owners that I talked to had already received their weekend orders. So uh, when you get told that uh, basically a minute after midnight on Friday uh, you're closed to any more indoor dining and you've already ordered the food uh, expecting a full weekend of indoor dining, uh, those are the continued complaints that uh, uh, the Wolf Administration just, to be, uh, just uh, seems to be tone deaf on. And, uh, the state chamber, uh, Gene Barr, who uh, is an excellent individual and a very moderate type of person, understanding 
the issues with COVID is asked over and over and over and again that uh, the state chamber, for example, or the NFIB be consulted before the final decisions are being made, and it just uh, continues to go uh, unheard. It's interesting, too. Yesterday, I I mentioned on the air, um, you know, I'm quite upset about the gyms being forced to close as well. And one of our callers took me to task saying, you know, this is terrible. I feel so sorry for me. But, you know, the simple fact is that uh, mental health and physical health are important elements of everyday life. I mean, if you're not mentally and physically fit, what are you going to do? And yet... My gym does it safely, but the governor doesn't seem to take any consideration of the fact that things could be done safely and figuring out how to do them safely. He just wants to shut stuff down. And I asked yesterday of uh, our caller, you know, we shut down everything down in, what, April? If, if it works so well then, why aren't we doing it now when, the, when it's worse? And he had no answer. Yeah, well, certainly uh, Geisinger uh, was very involved in this process. Uh, Geisinger... I sent a letter, as you're probably aware, to the governor asking for these specific actions for 21 days, uh, which is what the governor ended up doing. And uh, Geisinger included uh, not only shutting indoor dining, but also uh, health care facilities, et cetera. Uh, and Geisinger was a, a prominent part of uh, the governor's announcement uh, that day. Uh, but, yeah, businesses continue to be frustrated in that uh, they are following the CDC guidelines. And, you know, I, I complain that, uh, you know, there's now seven months of this uh, contact tracing uh, that the state has been doing. Uh, you would think that uh, with the hype that they've been talking about, that they would have data uh, to support it, uh, but they produced no in-state data. Uh, they referenced out-of-state studies, uh, but no in-state data which again further uh, frustrates uh, the restaurants. And I'll just finish by saying that the restaurant folks say, look, if this was a huge issue, we would be shutting down because employees uh, who are there, uh, six hour shifts, five hour shifts, seven hour shifts, uh, would be getting COVID and they would need to shut down the restaurants. And they've cited that uh, uh, I think there are very few restaurants in our area that have had to shut down uh, because of staff getting COVID and they, cite that as an example that it is not a, a spreader uh, to uh, be have limited indoor dining follow all the cdc guidelines require people to wear masks and make sure the tables are six feet apart etc uh, so they just feel like they are really being singled out without the data to support it one of our callers yesterday also said he had seen several restaurants in the area ignoring the governor's edict to shut down indoor dining. What's the penalty for that? Who's enforcing it? I mean, I'm hard-pressed as a mayor to tell my police department to go in and enforce this because we have local businesses who are trying to make a living, and so far everybody I've seen has complied. But what about those places that are deciding, I've got to make a living, I've got to feed my family, I've got to keep my employees working, and they ignore the governor? What's the penalty, and who's going to enforce it yeah and i understand the frustration i am one that's not encouraging people to disobey uh there are uh, licenses that can be revoked Uh, there are uh, department of health uh, food and department of ag food licenses that certainly every restaurant has Uh, if you have a liquor license uh, uh, it's certainly more of a challenge because the lcb and the state police can't enforce uh, those that's what's happened in the past in the Normally, I think what happened uh, during the spring was that they would get one warning, and then uh, beyond that, uh, they would have uh, 
actions uh, brought at the district justice level uh, in regards to fines, et cetera. So it's going to be up to the district justice, and you're correct, either state police or local police to do the enforcement. But uh, any restaurant uh, has uh, Department of Health and Department of Ag licenses that can be revoked. There was the idea of a constitutional change to get this, uh, to make sure that the House and Senate would have some more authority for future emergencies. And did that progress satisfactorily this year for additional votes next year? Yeah, so in order to pass a constitutional amendment, you have to do it in two consecutive legislative sessions and then put it before the voters for a vote. Uh, we have two-year legislative sessions. Uh, the uh, the last one just ended in, at the end of November, and we did pass it. Uh, the interesting thing about constitutional amendments is the governor has no role in them. So uh, once they pass the House and Senate, does not need his signature or approval. So we did that uh, in this past legislative session. Uh, the new legislative session starts in January. Uh, it is going to be one of our, if not the, priority item uh, when we return in January. Uh, and frankly, if we pass it in, uh, if the House and Senate passes it uh, by uh, the middle of February, it will go on the ballot uh, in May. And uh, if adopted by the people in May, uh, it will become it'll become in the Constitution immediately. Talking about the uh, Constitution again now, uh, and I don't want to delve too deeply into presidential politics, but Pennsylvania's voting procedure was challenged on the basis that the Secretary of State made amendments to it uh, that shouldn't have been made, and that the legislature was wrong in enacting the bill that they passed, uh, some folks claiming it should have been a constitutional amendment. Anything going to be done about that, or any any reason to look look at it again in the new session? Yeah, so I've had uh, different uh, positions on uh, different aspects of uh, what's been going on. Uh, I can tell you that uh, our office uh, has been flooded. Uh, I think we've received thousands of uh, emails, phone calls, uh, other contacts in regard to uh, the election and uh, different things that should be done. So it's, it's amazing. And none of them are form letters. Uh, they're all very handwritten, oftentimes at night, uh, the emails. People very passionate on this issue. Uh, I said uh, consistently, uh, the U.S. Constitution and the state constitution gives the legislature uh, the ability to determine how elections are held. And as a result of that, we pass statutes uh, that are part of the election code to determine how elections are held. In my 28 years, I've never seen changes made by the Secretary of State and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court statute. Uh, and that happened this year. Uh, whether it's uh, saying that uh, you need to count ballots that uh, are received uh, three days after the election, that's not what statute says. Statute says that the ballots, uh, other than uh, overseas military ballots, have to be collected by 8 p.m. the day of. Uh, that was changed. Uh, the statute says that uh, signatures uh, on uh, applications and what's on record at the election office have to be the same. Uh, they changed that. Um, curing. There's never been anything such as curing of ballots. Hmm. Uh, the Secretary of, of State uh, announced that uh, less than 36 hours before the election uh, that uh, counties should allow curing of ballots. There are no statutory provisions for that. <laughs> uh, drop boxes. Uh, there is nothing in statute that uh, provides uh, for drop boxes. And for crying out loud, if we did, 
uh, we would make sure that uh, they were secured, uh, that they would uh, be uh, supervised and, and manned. And, uh, you know, Philadelphia, and this isn't, uh, I do not get into exaggeration, uh, but Philadelphia had uh, over a thousand drop boxes throughout the state or throughout their city. Uh, and, uh, and it's been documented with pictures uh, from uh, the media down there uh, that uh, some of them were outside Democratic ward leaders' homes and businesses. Um, so all of those are just amazing. And our Democratic-led Pennsylvania Supreme Court um, upheld uh, those various provisions, even though they were not in statute. So that's my uh, complaint with this election. We need to make sure uh, that uh, moving forward, uh, it's not going to be this time, that uh, we make sure that statute is followed and not decisions by the Secretary of State or the Pennsylvania Supreme Court that go beyond statute. Were you one of the individuals that participated in some of these resolutions or getting on the lawsuits out of Texas to try to overturn the election or to make sure that it was kind of hyper-scrutinized throughout the courts? Uh, so, and that's where I, um, that's where maybe I, I, I go against some of uh, my very partisan supporters. Uh, they wanted us, especially as it related to electors, and the Electoral College met on Monday of this week, uh, they wanted us to be able to uh, change the electors. Uh, that constitutionally cannot be done. Uh, they wanted us to meet in December. That also constitutionally can't be done. Our, our session ended at the end of November. Our new session starts in January, so we're actually not, and we're going to take a look at this, the legislature uh, cannot convene in December of every other uh, even year. Uh, electors the legislature actually has the ability to change how electors are designated, but we can only do that prior to an election. Uh, the, the law is very clear uh, that you can do it prior to election, but once an election is held, you cannot change the rules uh, by which you had previously decided, and we uh, give that authority to the uh, state, uh, to the winning candidate, uh, the state political party, to, to determine the way electors are done. So. Uh, I was not a party to a number of different actions as it related to uh, electors, for instance. And I guess the last point is that uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, <laughs> said a lot of things outside of courtrooms, said a lot less, uh, if nothing, inside courtrooms. Uh, as, as you know, he was inside a courtroom in Williamsport uh, before a uh, Republican, uh, actually the guy, the, the judge, uh, was a former uh, Republican county leader, up in Bradford County, and uh, did not present uh, evidence. And it's one thing I know as a lawyer, uh, you need to present sworn testimony, you need to present uh, valid evidence, and if you as a lawyer uh, allege things that you didn't have the evidence to support, you can have your law license uh, revoked. And so uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, who says a lot outside of a courtroom, did not say it inside the courtroom because he could have had his law license revoked. Wow. Well, let's move on to money for a minute. Uh, PennDOT has recently said that unless they got $600 million, that the projects might have to be stopped. Uh, have uh, Has the legislature been able to cobble together any resources to keep our much-needed Susquehanna Valley Thruway project moving and other projects across the state? Are any challenges there, John? Yeah, so that was a huge frustration, and I sit on the Transportation Committee. Uh, Linda Culver serves on the House Transportation Committee. Uh, as mentioned, uh, 
our legislative session ends at the end of November. Uh, and frankly, this was the first time since 2006 that we actually took votes uh, in November. Uh, that's considered to be a lame duck period, and since 2006 we hadn't done that, but because of needing to uh, finish the budget process, we did gather uh, and took votes uh, in November this year. But uh, two weeks, I think around the uh, 12th or 13th of November, all of a sudden the Transportation Secretary said to us, unless you do a bond for $600 million, we're shutting down every transportation project in the state December 1st uh, because we won't have money to continue. That was a bombshell, but certainly uh, very uh, frustrated because uh, you don't just drop that uh, days before you're scheduled uh, constitutionally to end the session. Uh, you build the case that, uh, and, and you obviously know it if there's an issue. Uh, you know it for months to come that uh, come December 1st, you're out of money. So uh, the short version is uh, we, we had a hearing on it. It was a joint hearing with the uh, Senate and House uh, Transportation Committees um, to get more information. And we were able to uh, convince uh, the treasurer of the state, Joe Torcella, uh, to move monies around in different pots in order to uh, keep funding going through uh, February. And uh, we pledged that when the new session comes in in January, uh, that we will look at uh, means uh, to address the issue. But what the big thing is uh, that uh, they talked about, it, it was basically, they tried to talk about it as a cash flow issue. Uh, it was basically because of COVID and less people driving back in March, April, May, uh, less people taking the turnpike during that time period, uh, that there is about five or six hundred million less revenues collected in 2020 uh, that hopefully won't happen again in 2021. Well, let's get a glance uh, of at the state budget. Tough, tough budget, uh, balanced, uh, bo using money from CARES. Give us a glance at the budget was that was passed to get us a couple of more months into the future. Well, I'm proud. If you go back to uh, the interviews that I did uh, prior to November, I laid out how we could uh, pass a balanced budget without increasing taxes or cutting funding. And uh, we almost matched it to the T of what I described. And that's one of the benefits of being part of leadership is because since September, uh, we've come up with a way in order to uh, balance the budget without making drastic, uh, drastic cuts. And you're correct. Uh, basically, uh, we use the $1.3 billion of, uh, of, the, of CARES money that we had put into a restricted account that uh, we got the blessing of the federal government to use in, in different departments. Uh, we uh, took the billion dollars of additional revenues that uh, was projected by the uh, Independent Fiscal Office, and we've already, uh, through the end of our, uh, November, collected uh, almost 700 of that additional billion dollars. Uh, and uh, the uh, FMAP monies, which are part of welfare that we've got additional monies in, uh, we, we plugged that in. And then there's uh, about two or three hundred million of uh, funds that uh, we tapped into for a one-time type of uh, action that had extra money in them. So uh, we ended up at the uh, end of the day passing a budget that was level-funded, basically. Actually, there were about four hundred million dollars in cuts, but they were all uh, based on uh, savings uh, by uh, operating remotely, et cetera, and, uh, and did it with uh, no tax increases. 
Well, John, even though President Trump lost Pennsylvania, the Republicans did even better in the House and Senate races. So you're you're going to go in with, a, what, one or two new senators or more Republicans this time around than the last? And the governor has notoriously been unwilling to work with the legislature. What do you see happening in the next two years with even more Republicans to deal with? Is the governor likely to bend or is he going to break? Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on how this constitutional amendment goes that I talked about that uh, would uh, limit emergencies to a certain amount of time without approval in the House and Senate. Uh, the, governor, um, the governor actually was decent in working with us up until March of uh, this year. Uh, and uh, since March, it just has been uh, terrible, almost non-existent. And again, the example of last week, uh, I mean, we did get, I think leadership got four hours notice of uh, his announcement. I think the announcement was at 4 p.m., and uh, he notified leaders at noon. Um, but it wasn't a discussion. It was, a, this is what I'm doing, period. Uh, there were lots of questions uh, uh, about ski resorts and water parks and other sorts of things, and uh, they didn't have it. But, uh, I, you know, I, it, it's a new year, a new session. Um, and this governor, uh, this governor spent $2 million to try to defeat the House and Senate Republicans. Uh, we've never had a governor, even when you go back to Red, Ed, Ed Rendell, uh, we've never had a governor that has weighed into legislative voices with money before. Uh, whether it was uh, Corbett or Ridge or Rendell, no one in the past did that. Uh, this governor spent $2 million of his own and campaign money to defeat House and Senate Republicans. Uh, so frankly, uh, again, no governor's done that in the past. There's not a lot of uh, love there, uh, certainly among individual members. <laughs> so much for the nonpartisan uh, deal broker who came in a couple of two, three years ago. Okay, uh, anything else important to tell us? We surely haven't touched on all the important subjects that are happening, but uh, anything addition, additional remarks? Yeah, I think we actually covered a lot of areas. I mean, I will continue to say... Uh, we really need people to cooperate. Uh, we do not want any more restrictions by this governor, and we need to make sure that come January 4th, if not beforehand, uh, that the governor removes these restrictions. So people need to be diligent, uh, wear masks, uh, do the social distancing, follow the CDC guidelines. Um, look, hospitalizations are up, uh, but with the vaccine and uh, hopefully another one soon and then another one after that and, and uh, the frontline workers getting them, uh, we can uh, get through this, but we need everyone to cooperate, especially through this month. We need no more restrictions. Frontline workers and Mike Pence getting their shots today. So every, every <laughs> it's kind of an ironic list. But anyway, all right. Uh, thank you so much, John. Please uh, keep in touch. As uh, as we have always said to you, we really appreciate you being so available and, and helping us out and bringing us up to date throughout the year on these important topics. Hopefully, we won't need quite as desperately to speak to you as often in 2021, but you always have an open mic when you're ready to give us an update. And we wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. John. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Same to you. All right. Thank you. John Gordner, State Senator, 27th District, Senate Majority Whip in Harrisburg. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have uh, some closing comments for this half hour. We'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Just great interviews from uh, State Senator John Gordner this year. Uh, up until now, we would probably ask him for an interview about every four months or so, something in that range. He always says yes, just a matter of you know doing the scheduling and so on. But uh, every other month he checked in, and we just really appreciated it. And, boy, could you sense the frustration <laughs> with the governor. Uh, as he said, up until March, the governor was fairly negotiative, and then, you know, after that, folded his arms and said, it's my way or not. It's terrible to say, but I think from looking at some of Cuomo's news conferences and our governor's news conferences and others, that some of these governors have become power crazy. You know, they have this, this emergency declaration. You can do pretty much anything if you declare it. And I, th- I think they probably, the legislature does need to redefine what the emergency powers of the governor might be in, an, in something like this. You but, know, where, where, do we, where do we draw the line? But for Tom Wolf, he says it is rare that you get an opportunity to either grant freedom to do as you wish or save lives in the state. And he doesn't want his hospitals overwhelmed, and he doesn't want a massive death toll. You know, he's up over 10,000 for the death toll, well, the state is, for COVID-19 already, but he doesn't want it to go significantly higher if it doesn't have to. But some obviously restaurants paying for that. Going through the holidays without restaurants and New Year's, that's yeah. that's going to be who's terrible. Paying the, who's paying the bill? It isn't the governor. This is WKOK Sunbearing. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We have open phones for the remainder of the show. We're going to do Winternet and some news headlines, so stay tuned for those. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text us at 70236. We do have a Winternet up to you brought to you by Oberdorf Carpet One in Lewisburg. Uh, Tri-County Tag Service is closed today. Northumberland County offices are on a two-hour delay. Bingaman and Sun Lumbers, no day shift today. Kids Corner Learning Center will be closed today. COVID-19 testing site at Evangelical Community Hospital opens in one hour from now, 10 a.m. Sunbury City offices are closed until Friday. Union and Snyder County offices are closed until tomorrow. Susquehanna Valley Taxi not operating today. All Snyder and 
Union County libraries are closed. All of Evangelical Community Hospitals, primary care and specialty practices, including urgent care, uh, will open at uh, 10 a.m. today. All service first federal credit union offices are closed today. Northumberland National Bank is closed. Sunbury Municipal Authority canceling curbside recycling today. All activities with the Sunbury Bible Church are canceled. will resume January 6th. Y-Rope Williamsport Federal Credit Union closed until tomorrow morning. All area schools are closed, obviously, so some are doing remote learning and some are not. Check your local listings to see if your school is on remote. Some are just having a good old-fashioned snow day. I heard one superintendent out in the Midwest encourage kids to make a snow angel or snowman out out and about, uh, or both, (laughs) while they uh, enjoy an actual play date out in the snow today. So uh, make sure you please avail yourself of that. We invite you to do what I just did. Go to WDKOK.com, click on Winternet, uh, read the list out loud, amaze your friends with your knowledge and insights. State police say a crash involving dozens of vehicles happened on Interstate 80 in Clinton County. 30 to 60 vehicles involved two fatalities, and uh, the road is still closed and will be until around noon today in both directions. So that comes up Route 15 and Route 180 in both directions as you approach I-80 and the Williamsport interchanges are very busy with extra I-80 uh, truck traffic in particular happening now. You're encouraged to not travel if you don't need to. A man from Winfield died in a crash yesterday on New Berlin Highway to 68-year-old Palmer Gamberling driving in the snow when his vehicle went out of control on New Berlin Highway. City of Sunbury now has an emergency declaration, uh, no parking on snow emergency routes. Also, uh, several municipalities, Beavertown and Middleburg, encouraging individuals to clear their sidewalks ASAP. Expanded COVID-19 testing coming to the Montour DeLong Fairgrounds Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and uh, Tuesday, uh, and up to 450 patients it can be tested there in a single day. We have some of the details at WDKOK.com. Most of them would come from the State Department of Health. Geisinger-Danville has 15 more patients on board. They're packed to the gills. 135 patients now admitted to Geisinger. There's 10 people at Shamok and Geisinger. This is all with COVID-19. I should say Evangelical Community Hospital. Up to 51 patients uh, on board uh, with uh, COVID-19. So those are the news headlines and the winter net uh, news. So we had 18 inches of snow. We don't have any roads closed around here, but they are all said to be passable, all snow covered and passable. Some roads haven't really been significantly plowed, so be uh, get ready to encounter that if you're out and about. Penda, local municipal and township crews doing their thing right now. They're working. All right, welcome aboard, everybody. Uh, we have open phones. We have Senator Gordner on here. Of course, been very moderate when it comes to some of the most recalcitrant stop the steal Republican shenanigans by the zealots here in Pennsylvania. Shenanigans? Well, you know this idea of hiring Rudy Giuliani to argue in federal court that you think the election was stolen, and you have affidavits, but you don't present them, and you have drivers from New York who drove to Lancaster and waited, and then the ballots were stolen, and I don't know. So much of it was ridiculous. But and and then if so much of it was serious too. Well, right. I was just <laughs> going to just going to say that if if Republicans have serious anomalies, it's up to the legislature and the governor to to fix those, regardless of your political party. I mean, if we have actual fraud or Northumberland County had issues with broken down machines, you know, these new machines are unreliable. If if they're unreliable, they need to be repaired. And yeah. so I, I find all it of this needs to be addressed. I'd like to know when everybody became so virtuous 
virtuous because really the history of elections being rigged and stolen in this country <laughs> is repl- it's replete. I mean, there what? are just tons of them. The election of 1888, Grover Cleveland. I mean, it was it was incredible the amount of chicanery that went on. And you were involved in that? No, I read books about it. Right. <laughs> but you know, what was that when, book when you just the, read that was fabulous? That's what I'm reading now. I'm still reading it again. I read it once before, and I'm reading it again because it's so interesting. It's What's called, it called Deliver the Vote. Okay. And it's about election fraud in the United States of America. And it's from 1794 to 2004. The author wrote it, I think, in 2006 or something like that. So it, I think the last thing was the Bush-Gore election. I haven't okay. gotten that far yet in my rereading of it. I'm still in the 1880s. But, you know, it, there have been so many instances, both Republicans and Democrats. I want to say, when did the Democrats become virtuous? What <laughs> date was that? Because in the 1880s, they were stealing elections right and left in the South. 2004. They, they were disenfranchising black voters, intimidating black voters. Now they're, you know, they're trying to get everybody in the world to vote. So, I mean, what, it's come full circle. But the problem we have here is that election security is a serious issue that has never been dealt with seriously. And until we are willing to acknowledge that voters need to present proper identification before they're allowed to oh, vote. Oh, yeah, that'll solve everything. It will. <laughs> it will. Oh, photo voter idea. You're funny. You know, it used to be in back what in what way will that prevent poll watchers from necessarily being able to watch all poll counting within a close Listen, distance everywhere? It well, used we to have be, voter ID now, so you can see it. It used to be parties printed their own ballots, and they would hand them out to their supporters, and their supporters would take them into the polling place and then oh, deposit and hand them. them in. Then they became what was called the Australia ballot, which was, you know, the candidates were listed and the state published the ballot. They thought that was going to solve the problem. That would be the be-all and end-all to guarantee fair elections. Didn't work. Well, and I think Joe Biden has really missed the boat here. He really chastised the president and his minions and the zealots for, you know, continuing this fight, continuing, and it's still ongoing uh, without evidence of other than this made-up stuff. So, okay, that, that's fine. He chastises the president. That's duly noted, and everybody, you know, that wanted to hear the speech saw it. But he didn't say anything about unaddressed issues that still exist with voting. You know, this chicanery that's been going on since the 1800s, uh, it came to a head with public information in the Internet, keeping us informed about all of it real time this year. And he didn't address it. You know, I, I think there are unanswered questions. If you have a picture, uh, whether it's on Facebook or real or not, of Democrats unloading emergency ballots in Philadelphia, you have a problem. Even if it's totally made up, you need to identify this and say, well, this is obviously not true. Go out of your way to say that this is not true. Well, take a look at people voting. You know, the, the, the Democrats say, oh, this is uh, voter suppression to ask for identification. There are very few things you can't do, you can do these days without proper identification. Try right. picking up your drugs at the drugstore without proper identification. Give that a shot sometime. Well, but who do you know that would have difficulty getting proper identification? Well, they keep saying elderly people who have no driver's licenses. Well, many people have driver's licenses who don't drive. Or, you know, maybe they don't drive now, but they did at one point, and they still have driver's licenses. But I certainly think the state could figure out a way to give people proper identification so that they can show that they're voting accurately and fairly and for the first and only time. Well, if the state actually did that, I suppose that could potentially work. But the fact of the matter is the simple fact that you don't know who can't get an ID means that you're not yet informed on this. Listen, when you have an answer to that question, you can, you can address this When topic. you register to vote, there should be something handed out to you at that point. Like, when you go to get your driver's license, they take your picture, right? Mm-hmm. When you register to vote, 
why not, when they give you the registration, take your picture, put it on the card. If they can do it for state driver's licenses, they can do it for identification purposes for those who don't have a driver's license. 1-800-795-9565. Joe Fields says, though, everybody should be able to get a photo ID. In reality, many people know that is not that difficult. You're right. It's not that difficult. Thank you. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> did I just argue on your behalf? Yes, you did. And you're absolutely correct for once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a caller ready and one coming in. Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. And Mark, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulously. I'm a, I'm a happy right. guy. Uh, Joe, um, <laughs> who's the author of that book you're, you're quoting? What's uh, the name of the author? trying to think of the name of the guy. Uh, <laughs> Let me let me check. I'll I'll get he back to you on that. He never cares about who writes the book. No, I know, but I you know well, I I was reading. I, it, it's very critical to know the author's last name because I understand he's writing a new book about this election and stealing the vote, and of course to find a book in the fiction section, you have to know the author's last name. Well, this isn't fiction. <laughs> and actually, this guy is a Demo- so, This so guy is a say. Democrat. He was on Al- uh, Tracy Campbell is his name. Tracy, Tracy Campbell. Campbell. So if he so if he writes a book on uh, the steal of 2020, uh, that there's any uh, he's going to present evidence that there was right. Listen, he wrote from the Democrat perspective, and he wrote a very fair book. I haven't gotten to the, again to the part with the. Uh, Clinton Gore or the Gore uh, Bush election, but he's taking both parties to, to task for the election fraud that happened in the past. Yeah, in the past in the 1880s. Let's, let's hey, well, but his the point is, it's been future. going on. It's been going on long after that. You know, I'm sorry. That's just where I am in rereading the book. But there's a and long, rich that. history. That's why we have the laws where you can't like the uh, close bars and so forth during election days because you know these get guys out, get them boomed up, or promise them a drink, and then they vote, and that type of thing. But let's talk about the present. So the state, uh, uh, the um, inauguration. So uh, I think there was some disparaging terms thrown at the uh, president-elect that what's going to happen in the inauguration. Um, he is going to do social distancing, and it's going to be a smaller crowd about the size of the State of the Union address. So so President Biden is going to stay true to his, his principles, and it's going to be a smaller, smaller gathering. Um, so, which is great, and so I think that answers some of the questions or some of the disparaging comments made earlier in the week on this show. Um, now, President Trump, after he leaves the White House, where is he going to live? Florida. Uh, he is not going to live in Mar-a-Lago, apparently, because he can't. He had his property changed from a residential property to a club or commercial property. So he cannot live there a long time, according to the uh, local Florida regulations. So since he, <laughs> uh, so apparently he's not going to live down there unless he buys another property. I'm sure he will if he's got a law that says he can't live at his club. Well, that, that's that's he, well, he he did it. He took it and then took it well, through whatever he, he had. To he actually there. already has it because he changed his legal residence to Florida. So somewhere, somehow, he has an address. He's going to buy a trailer and live down. I'm sure it's not the Bethesda Mission equivalent here, Florida. Well, that, well I, I was wondering uh, any any truth to the rumor that since he's so welcome around here, he's going to buy one of those big properties up there in Monroe Manor and plant his flag here in Pennsylvania. Well, I think he'd be very welcome around here, perhaps not with you, but with others. <laughs> uh, but then, but then I, I thought, you know, he might do that, but then, you know, here at Airport won't land a 707, so I don't think he's going to be around here. 
because, you know, uh, mm, President really Trump sure does not that. fly. It'll land a Lear, so he can come in on a Lear jet. <laughs> he doesn't fly small aircraft anymore. Come Are on, you guy. sure they can't land a 707? 747, I think he said. No, 707. Uh, no, I said 707 oh. because Air Force won the, the, the smaller hops than 707s. Yeah, I think so. he probably could land one there. That's Lawrence's uh, worthless view. I don't view. think so. Uh, emergency, maybe. That, that's not long <laughs> enough even for a 707. And, but anyway. and, and you end up right in Heimbach's driveway, too. <laughs> exactly right. Can you imagine 707 blasting them taking off? That, you can that get make some, him a real popular guy. You can get some I can nice... Tell you, uh, I have relatives that live down in um, Palm Beach Gardens, which is near Palm Beach Airport, and they hate it when he comes to town because they, they shut down the airport, which shuts down a major highway right behind the airport, and they shut down everything so he can zip through and get over to his little little hobble over on the coast, and they, a lot of locals down there hate that because it's, it, it squelches everything up for about three hours every time he decides to drop in or drop out, but... Well, that anyway. happens. That happens anytime the president travels, no matter whether he's Republican or Democrat. All right, thank yeah, you so but much. Yeah, when he drops in frequently, it, it happens more frequently. So that's that. That's, I'm just telling you what uh, my relatives down in well, Florida are telling me. My relatives out on uh, Martha's Vineyard tell me that when uh, Obama came in, they hated it. <laughs> just you to have be fair. Out of Martha's Vineyard, Joe? No, I'm lying. I just thought I would give you an equivalency. <laughs> I'm not. Actually, I have uh, my. My stepmother-in-law lives in Palm Beach Garden. Oh, okay. Flies out of the Palm Beach Airport. That's true. So. All right. Thank okay. you so much. All right, Take care, guys. Eric. Let's have another caller, but Mark, welcome. Did you get a deer, Mark? No, he not, not yet. I'm just buck hunting, so I haven't. I passed up. I see. Doe, okay. but I. I, th- I thought Joe was the one who was always hunting for bucks. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I I do my best. <laughs> yes, he's spent, he has plenty. Don't worry, he's a glum millionaire. Have a great day, guys. I gotta go out and shovel some snow. About 13 inches. 12, 13 inches here in Port Traverton. Good luck. Right, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Joe's safe. a long cellular. He doesn't need right. any revenue. Uh, read your emails. Why don't you do that? Right, well, call we have a line. caller waiting. One says, good morning. Philadelphia Democrats are very perplexed that legit voters are complaining about the ballot counting there. <laughs> They've been cheating for decades. Yeah, that's <laughs> a strange complaint. Then, uh, I found it interesting that Joe, much like our president, likes to add a disparaging adjective when referring to people who do not share his conservative views. Really? Fat Joy Behar? Never heard you say fat Rush Limbaugh or fat Chris Christie. Also, we're tired of the whining. I think if you check the audio, I didn't call Joy Behar fat. I said I used the adjective, as Mark does, and I always get on him about it. Mark will say, a big fat hurry. Get over there and a big fat this, a big fat that. And I even said, I remember when I said what I said, I said, I'm quoting you, Mark. (laughs) Okay. So I did not, I don't believe I called Joy Behar either big or fat. There are a number of adjectives I would share apply to her. All right, and one more. One more says, read Governor Wolf, this is the problem I've had uh, with term limits, performance is the final term, or performance in the final term is not subject to referendum. Recall or resignation is a waste. Signed, Matt from New York City. Well, that's an interesting point. Yeah, the governor has nothing to lose. He doesn't have an interest in lifelong politics. Uh, ben Reichley was here last week and said the governor is actually going to apply for and become an ambassador to a distant country in the uh, Biden administration. So. Well, I, I have the perfect country. Fiji. <laughs> I think Albania would be well Oh, done. that's even better. Transylvania. Uh, the ambassador to Transylvania. Is that real? 
Yeah. Okay. It's an area. It's not a country. I don't okay. believe. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Stand by, Dennis. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Dennis, thank you so much for waiting. You are on the mark. Morning. Good morning. Um, morning. Listening to your conversations, Mark, you have a very good point that really, and maybe I'm surmising it the wrong way, but Biden and the, and the campaign for his side has not really denounced anything about voter fraud that I know. I mean, there's Democrats yelling, no, there's nothing going on, but he had a chance and nothing was said. I thought that was a very good point that you made. And with Joe, I, I agree with the voter ID. When I go here in Sunbury, I mean, I don't have to show my license or anything, but I have to go in and check in and they have to cross check that I'm registered and stuff. So, I mean, that's sort of a voter ID. So, you know, I with today's computers, this can be solved in no time. Of course, we're blaming the computers for everything right now. But, I mean, as far as somebody's identification, it would be so simple with a computer. And yet, I don't know why there's a pushback on that. I don't understand why. As well, What are you, you know, suggesting we well, do with computers? What well, I said, take pictures. Yeah. Print cards. Like they do a motor vehicle. Right. What would be the difference? There would be, be the none. It would be exactly the same thing. And the thing is, yeah. the only reason I can think of that you don't want to do that is you know that some illegal people are voting in support of the party you you support, and you don't want that to stop. Yeah. And, right. But That's I think if point. we're going to talk about election integrity, we have to make sure that the person who is voting is the person who is supposed to vote and legally, uh, legally permitted to vote. I know. And my thing is, too, is that even if they, they prove one dead person voted, okay, and they're saying there's thousands here, there, and everywhere, that is enough to me to show there's fraud. Something has to be done. I, I take the old adage, if you put one drop of poison in a barrel of wine, the whole barrel of wine is now poisoned. Hmm. So, I mean, that may be simplistic, but that's exactly what's going on here. There's enough in almost every state to show that something's wrong. It's not like we're, you know, the conservatives are making this up on the way. It something's got to be done about it, you know. Well, if you hear so, Joe, every election has a drop of poison in it since the 1800s. They have. Well, yes. <laughs> Listening to Joe's story about the book is absolutely true. But we're so computerized and we're so electronified today, as they say, that that should be erased. Electronified? Really. They don't say that. You're the only one who says that. 
Well, I took after George <laughs> Bush making up words. So there you go. Good for you. You nicely done. Oh. Okay. Thanks. Hey, thank right. you thank so you, much. Dennis. Really appreciate, your appreciate your call. the call. Chris, Chris. thanks for uh, waiting a short time. You're on the mark. Hey, what, uh, what's the snow amounts uh, around the area? Well, I measured 15 here, and it's panked down a little bit, so uh, just from the weight of some sleet and so on. So I would say 18 up here. Uh, Is that a record pre-Christmas snow, do you think? Probably. Oh, I don't know. I don't have. Unfortunately, I don't have December records. I have February records. I could find yeah. that, but I couldn't <laughs> find their de- December records. Yeah, they're hard to find. They're very so much between just you know areas that are twenty miles apart. Right. But uh, let's see. Uh, voter ID. Well, yeah. Uh, if you don't have to make people wait three hours at the Department of Motor Vehicles to. Uh, get their ID, because, especially because you passed the law a few months before an election. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd, it's kind of a handicap. Right. Well, yeah, that would the timing wouldn't be ideal. But there are still people who have trouble getting IDs, and Joe doesn't know any of them, so that's yes. that's fine. No, but and you're missing my point. What, wait a second. What, I, what easy, I said was, what I said, what I said was, <laughs> when you register to vote, well, maybe we'll grandfather in everybody if that's what it takes. If it's such an onerous so from obligation, now on. from now on, you go to register to vote and you get your picture taken right at that point. Okay, and that ahead. gets put on your yeah. ID card. Joe always likes to repeat himself when I'm on. I <laughs> But. <laughs> <He does>. <laughs> but yeah, well, one one thing you one thing that's being done, which is already done, has started in Pennsylvania, is to uh, just grandfather people in, and all new voters need ID. And I think they started that what four years ago, something like that. Mm, not in Pennsylvania. No, it's still not yeah, they, they, uh, they all new uh, If you're already registered, you don't need an ID. But if you were a new voter, you did. To get your registration, oh, okay. Well, that could be. Yeah, to, that could be. And so, in a way, that's that's already been started. And the easy way to get rid of that without causing trouble with anybody is just say all new voters have to. Well, let me put it to you this way. If we can figure out how to get a vaccine into the arms of everybody in the United States within a year, which apparently we're going to do, we can figure out how to get everybody an ID that needs one, a photo ID, so they can vote. Okay. Can, uh, the, first of all, it's, not a, it's, it's, it's state by state. So it's the state that has to do this, right? At least as law stand now. Yep. So, therefore, uh, it's, we're, we're talking state has to do it. And it's in uh, in various states. It's it's it, it's only been used as a political weapon to keep the other side from voting. How's it been? How's that work? Forgive me, but I'm not certain how that works. Well, uh, the Republicans tried it in a couple southern states. You uh, you pass a, a voter ID law a few months before the election. And in cities where there's already three-hour waits, whenever you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles, you'd have all voters who didn't have IDs also flooding it to create even longer waits. So it, it was a way of, the, of uh, hurting, hurting uh, city voters. Basically. Well, then what you do is you, you make... In, 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 around here, you don't usually have those waits. You, what you do then is you I, pass a I law making it required, but giving people two years to get to get it. 
Well, that would help, yes. That would help a lot. But so far, I haven't seen that proposed by everyone. It's always immediately. I'm just proposing it now, Chris. Well, well, that's that's a can I count on your support? Disruptive way to do it. <laughs> can that's I count some on reason your reason? Republicans, where they're in control, haven't been able to think of this. Can I count on your support? Uh, four years, maybe. <laughs> four years. Be- yeah, because so a lot of people only vote in presidential elections and uh, don't want to jump them too soon. They wouldn't even think about it without a presidential election. Got you. All That's right. not right either. That's another topic. All right. Thank you so hey, much, Chris. Hey, and there's a lot of Trump news going on, if you haven't heard any. Briefly, go ahead. There's another oh, call well, waiting, uh, but take uh, your time. A new, uh, a new uh, cabinet member uh, has a scandal. and Trump news? Cabinet member? Cabinet member, yeah. He, they, they forwarded... Uh, it, was, it was squelching a uh, forwarded forwarded uh, sexual harassment. Oh, not. He was stymied. He he shut down a sexual insult and sexual uh, harassment case by someone in the department. What what department is this? Where where is this? I haven't seen it covered. Oh, well, it's... uh, What was it? It was... (laughs) Uh, what's the guy's name? Starts with A. Atsi or something right. like that. Uh, wh- I can't remember it. Now. What else? <laughs> and they uh, got the they got a Freedom of Information Act, and they have the Inspector General statement on the uh, violation with, in Ukraine by Trump. What is the statement? What read and what it said, which it never got released during the the impeachment investigations. It makes for interesting reading, hmm. and and that you know that was a, a election campaign law that somehow Republicans didn't care about. That got violated by the president. He was soliciting help for he was he was using the State Department uh, foreign well foreign funds to solicit uh, valuable contribution to his reelection. By opening a, having somebody open it up an investigation on his likely opponent, mm-hmm. okay. and that violates several election laws as well as uh, other standards. Hmm. Whoever but did somehow that. the Republicans didn't care about that one at all. They know oh, <laughs> election law. Who cares? That's not impeachable. All right. <laughs> All right, we got you, Chris. Thank you so much for checking in. Take care. All right, bye. Appreciate bye. that. Uh, Cindy, your last caller before the quickie break. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Isn't it exciting with snow? It's so pretty. It's... I know it's no fun to shovel, though. But I'm <laughs> calling to say, first of all, that it was not a grandfathering by the state, but I believe by the federal government under HAVA, the Help America Vote Act, where they pushed for everybody to be using some form of electronic voting machines under the Bush administration that said that every new voter had to present a picture ID to vote the first time in a new place. So if I moved, I'd have to do it again to vote the first time, but after that you didn't have to present it anymore. I personally support that you should show a picture ID every time you vote. Better than checking the signature, much more accurate. Well, you know, I'm, I don't know what you call a person who's an expert in looking at signatures, but it's not me. And the day that I worked at the uh, 
you know, the polls. It was impossible. I had no way to verify that. But in this election, what I find most disconcerting is that I was reassured by people that we could have faith in this election because people had to sign and their signature had to match, and that is by law, and it, and it is a shall, not a will, not a could, not a kind of, sort of, but a shall, which means it's an absolute, and yet they suspended that rule and let people's votes stand even if they had no matching signature, which I find very disturbing. You know, in Afghanistan, I think it was, they had pictures when they had their first election, and everybody that voted, you had to stick your index finger in a jar, and it gave you a purple finger, and that's how they made sure oh. everybody voted once, right? I, and they, uh, I don't see how we control that here in this country. I don't see how they control that at all. Well, you can just it's bet my your understanding that they have found in some states that there were more mail-in ballots turned in than there were people who requested a mail-in ballot. Well, see, How can that be? Then that's Joe Biden should be upset about that, too, even if some of them were in his favor. That's obviously uh, something wrong. Right. And this is just like in the last election, more people voted in some Philadelphia precincts than there were registered voters. They had more votes than they had registered voters. Well, that's because well, the dead came out. The dead voted there. Philadelphia. <laughs> well, that's the obviously dead. fraudulent. That's obviously fraudulent voting. I, I, I'm astounded at the uh, my neighbors who can't even examine those things and with a clear head say, yes, yeah, Cindy, you're right. Now, I get what they, what they are really thinking, if I understand it, is you, Cindy, cannot find four million such examples, and therefore... I've decided it doesn't matter. Yeah, you found 10, you found 100, you found 1,000, you found 100,000 of them, but you cannot find enough to change the election, and therefore it doesn't matter. And I disagree. It matters greatly, because every one of those false votes canceled me, yeah. canceled it someone else. Right. And that's unacceptable, totally unacceptable. I mean, our country goes around the world shaking our finger at people, telling them how to run their country and how to run their elections, and yet we can't manage to do a clean election? Very, It's very disturbing to me. And these are simple things. One person, one vote. And we set out rules. Can you imagine if in the middle of the football game they declared that you really only have to get to the 10-yard uh, line, and it's a touchdown. Can you imagine that? If they, <laughs> While you're the running, no, it would be... The one ref talks to the other ref, and they get together, and they huddle up, and then the guy clicks on the microphone and says, we've decided that you only have to get to the 10-yard line, and therefore <laughs> this is a touchdown. I mean, people would go crazy over after, that. After you've been tackled at the 5. <laughs> all right, Cindy, thank good you so points, much. Good point, Cindy. Very good point. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, great Cindy. points, all. Appreciate that. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We invite you to do what I just did yesterday to see all the cars all packed up together. Went to Sunbury Motors and uh, looked at all of the vehicles. I checked out all the Fords, the Hyundais, and the Kias. Uh, 
and the Lincolns. They only had one Kia there, but there are lots more at the Kia dealership on Routes 11 and 15. But I was at the Sunbury Motor Quick Lane making sure that my new snow tires were pumped all the way up with nitrogen, and uh, we were good to go for today's storm, and today I cut through that snow like butter. And that's what nitrogen does, and good snow tires from the Sunbury Motor Company Quick Lane in a truck from the Sunbury Motor Company with a driver who's been trained by the Sunbury Motor Company to take it easy in the snow. I actually put the video on Facebook so you can see that, so you can see me driving up County Line Road very smooth. I was preceded by Rob Satter, who cut the path, and, and then the Ford vehicle went right behind him. We did satisfactorily coming up the road today, and we're very glad for everybody who cleared that path, including and especially and most notably the Sunbury Motor Company. Selling vehicles that and we got so many all-wheel drive vehicles that are on the lot now, the Fords, the Escorts, and the Expeditions and Explorers, and they would just love to put you in one of those vehicles. There's multiple all-wheel drive Hyundais, Kias, and Lincolns available. Uh, Joe's uh, Lincoln Navigator pickup truck has an all-wheel drive snow mode that locks all four wheels in continuous motion in low range, and even he could make it out of his driveway with that vehicle. So we invite you to do what I've done. Prepare for storms and summer and schooling and hauling kids around and going to the beach with a vehicle from the Sunbury Motor Company. Oh, Joe's going to send me a letter of intent. He plans to come in next week. When yes. I'm on vacation, he's going to be in the catbird. And I'm going to make a mockery of everything you believe in. <laughs> Why shouldn't that day be any different? It won't be. All right. One of our listeners is sick of Joe lamenting the gyms being closed and says, Joe, ask Santa for the gyms to be open in January 2021. You're welcome. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. <laughs> All righty. Tom, thanks for waiting a short time. You are now on the mark. Yeah, Cindy ought to, needs to drink a lot more water and a lot of <laughs> these other people that are calling this show because I'm sure they've cried, they've cried themselves so much that they're dehydrated. Jeez. Oh, I Why mean, this is nonsense, this stuff that these people come up with, including Cindy, who thinks that she's, she calls all the time and she thinks she's an intelligent person. She is. Oh, my and God, don't be up, ridiculous. And now, she don't even start. the most ridiculous nonsense. It's nonsense to want a fair votes vote? counted than there were applica- applications for, for uh, to vote. There wasn't. She said in some it's precincts. Ridiculous. She didn't say overall. She said in some some areas. No, there wasn't in any case. This was all going over. Trump fired Trump every every time somebody says something that the election was fair. Trump fires them. What what happened was they get everybody got all these uh, applications for to vote uh, by mail. I mean, I got about five of them, but I threw them all away. They're not. They're not uh, voting. They're not voting ballots. They're applications to get a ballot. I got about five of them myself. I threw them away. That does. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. What else? It's. Well, I'm just tired of this. This this nonsense from these people that will not accept the fact that this guy got his rear end kicked. Well, I don't think they're they arguing the outcome. Over seven million votes. I don't think that that's over what they're claiming. Over seven million people didn't want him. Tom, I agree with you on that. I mean, the election, I think the president lost the election. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But there were certainly anomalies and things that created some serious concerns for voters. Would they overturn the election? No. But should they be looked at? Yes, that was Cindy's point. What they should have is they should have voting. Never mind. 
They should have voting in all the states. It should all be the same. They should all use the same machine. I agree. We'd have to change and the Constitution. they should have enough voting machines that people don't have to stand in line for eight or ten hours to vote. They should have enough voting machines that a person can easily vote in one hour. But if you don't have enough voting machines, you need to get more. You need to have more places to vote. If the federal because government... Republicans, all they want to do is keep people from voting. If the federal but government ran the election, would, would you have trust in a federal government election if they ran the national election? They are running it. They <laughs> well, no, no, it's run by, by the, the state. Guy that was overseeing it. They run by the states. So that that is just oversight. Well, but the guy was overseeing it, and they had all kinds of other people overseeing it, and they right. But he that's says just, it was the most most fair, the most fair, the most well-run election ever. And Trump fired him. Right, but that's just an opinion. And Did he, you hear Senator Gordner earlier in the program when he talked about what the fact that the state Supreme Court wrote uh, completely ignored the legislation, which is not their job? I mean, that's something that should have been looked at. That has nothing to do with how many votes there were. It does indeed have to do with what they who, no, who, how they were counted and who who was allowed to count. <laughs> All right, we got that you, has Tom. Nothing to do with it. They should. Uh, everybody should be able to allowed to should be allowed to vote that wants to vote. Well, whether no it's argument by there. Or whether it's. This other these rules they kind of make, make up all these ridiculous rules. It's ridiculous. Let so everybody that's vote. exactly what let, Tom let everybody did. vote. Yeah, let's let in the illegal immigrants vote. Anybody let's let that wants to vote that's legal or should be able to vote. Uh, no matter legal. if it's by well, mail or however you want to do it. Well, there's no argument. No there. argument there. But should you di- should you prove that you only voted once? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, you uh, should have to get a tattoo. That voted twice. I mean, if it, it's ridiculous. If there was, it was a couple people. It was a handful of people. You should have to get an I voted anything. tattoo at the voting place. All right, thank you so much, Tom. The idea of sticking your finger in a bowl drink, and coming up with a purple finger. Drink water, Cindy, because I'm sure oh, you've stop tried it. To... Enough of that stuff. All right, Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. you got one more minute of fame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. So now we're going to be <laughs> sticking our fingers into jars and pulling out plums. Oh, yeah, where did, where, yes. where did yes. they do that? Uh, that was from India. She oh, said India, that. okay, yeah, I've seen them do that. It's been decided. Uh, isn't it amazing, though, that all the lawsuits were filed in states which were narrowly won by Joe Biden, but, of course, everything in the red states was perfectly legal and fine and, and all that. I'll remind everyone, uh, here's the facts. There was over 50 lawsuits filed, and none of them were overturned. Uh, anything in the election. The one said during the election they'd have to allow the watchers a little closer, five feet or whatever it is. The Supreme Court, which was was packed by this president, even said there's no evidence. It wasn't packed, uh, Eric. Bar, Eric, it General wasn't Bar packed. Said there's no evidence. Eric, it wasn't. Fired. The Supreme Court wasn't packed. The president made legal <laughs> nominations to the court, which and, the Senate and how many confirmed. Of those people he put in agreed with him. Well, that's irrelevant. You said Zero. he packed the court. No, no, it's not irrelevant. You said he packed. Saying, you said he, he packed the court. In, and his own people don't don't allow that 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 it happen. Not one of them stood up and said there wasn't like a conflicted vote, like a seven to four or something. Well, once you're sworn in, you're not no allowed evidence. to do anything illegal. So he's not <laughs> not going to vote for the president. They're not his people. He, they are his appointees. He doesn't own them, and I think he they said proved they that. were his judges. Well, they he was wrong. <laughs> All right, thank you, Eric. Thank you, thank you, thank All right, you, guys. All right. Appreciate that. All right, quickie break. We'll be right back. Got callers ready, and we'll be right back. 
There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Wise choice, Joe. Yes, okay. I thought so. One eight hundred seven nine five nine. Oh no, nope, scratch that. Do we got two good callers lined up? First of whom is Paul. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yes, uh, calling about the uh, court cases on this election. Almost all of these court cases have been not been decided on the merits right. of the case. They have not. They have not considered the evidence in the briefs. They have found some way to avoid getting involved with the election, including the United States Supreme Court. And uh, yesterday in the Homeland Security Subcommission, or, or uh, run by Ron Johnson in the Senate, if people want to check, they discussed uh, the, the uh, evidence that was presented in the cases from, uh, from uh, Wisconsin and Nevada. And I don't remember all the figures. The one that I did remember is that in Nevada they said they can prove that 42,000 people voted more than once. Now, um, and, and when you listed all these votes that they talked, there were thousands of votes in both um, Wisconsin and Nevada, but the courts actually did not hear the evidence. They found other technicalities to dismiss the cases so they didn't get involved in the elections. The judges just simply did not want to get involved, and so they found a way to reject the cases and let um, you know other processes solve solve the problem or you know deal with the problem but uh, uh, there is there is uh, evidence that was discussed people should check out last uh, yesterday's um, um, hmm. uh, 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 homeland security led by Iran. Uh, Johnson. Well, okay. and constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley made the same point you just made, that they, that they were all on procedural grounds, not a review of the evidence. Yes. So that's, but you know, again, that's the way courts operate. If you file too late or if you have an error in your filing. Or you don't have standing. Or you don't have standing. I mean, you don't get to hear, have your day in court, so. Right. Yeah, I understand. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Appreciate that. Bye Take bye. care. Bye. Uh, Chris, you're on the mark. You get another minute of really global yeah, fame. Yeah, I pile on Sydney, but... Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. That, that, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't... Yes, I do, actually, because she is very intelligent, and I don't know what's happened to her with how she can uh, criticize the Democrats when... Her her man Trump is doing it uh, ten times worse most of the time. It's well, just like, so you know, Cindy's it's, it's Cindy a mystery, is Cindy is Cindy is an independent in Philadelphia. 
she wasn't clear which election she was talking about. That's been a common thread ever since Obama that this has been happening in Philadelphia. There's more. There's some 57 precincts that have more votes than the vote, than registered voters. And usually, what they do is they're comparing uh, different years. New people register. You got to get the updated information, and you can register up to two or three weeks before. And there's a bunch of other things. Some are just using phony statistics. They've all been fact-checked and found to be wrong. Uh, whether she has one that it's actually happened, I'd like to know. I'd like to ask her to get the information and say where this happened and what the numbers are and what the evidence is. Because all sorts of things like this have been disproven time and time again, and without specifics you can't disprove anything. Fair enough. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate right. your call. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, the upper right-hand corner, John. All right. says, without PA checking signatures on mail-in ballots, it didn't take much effort for dishonest poll workers to fill out blank ballots and count them. All Pennsylvania mail-in ballots should have been thrown out. Signed by Mike. Oh, that, that would have true. caused a problem. Yeah, that would have uh, thrown out my vote, Mike. <laughs> I don't think you can disenfranchise people. I mean, here's not after the fact. Not what, like that. Well, I think what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which I, I think is a group of partisan hacks to some degree, um, you know, if, if they had done their job, they would have upheld the legislature's ruling the way it was written. They wouldn't have tried to create new law from the bench, which is one of the problems. I see with the judicial system. When judges don't follow the rules or the laws, they try to change them. Mm-hmm. And that should have been that should have been looked at, and I think that the Supreme Court should have said no. But the Supreme Court does not like to get in the way of state courts. And, the, and a state court interpreting the state constitution, I think, would have better standing than the Supreme Court doing the same thing. We thank everybody for listening. We are going to do another show tomorrow morning. Joe McGranahan gets three days off to shovel his driveway, but he'll be back Monday morning in the catbird seat. And so, Joe, I won't see you till the 28th. Well, have a happy Christmas. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You too, buddy. The very, very best to you and yours. And uh, tomorrow, Ben and I will be here. This is WKOK Sunbury.